Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the memo. You got the main guys, Alex, Richard, and Matthew. Um, we have one thing and one thing to do today, and that is the second annual memo mock draft. Um, if you tuned in last year, you would know that we went 32 for 32 on our first round proje- projections. Um, it was a can't miss type event. So we're going to bring it back this year in the style of the, what the NFL draft is going to be. Uh, we're coming at you virtually through Zoom. Um, I don't know if they're using Zoom, but they'll probably use something similar. Uh, it's going to be virtual. <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> what, what was the other one? Um, that you would go a chat roulette. They're using chat roulette. <laughs> just like so a, just, somebody jerking off yeah. on the screen. And then, and then the next one's just Joe Burrow. Yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. So um, how we're going to do it. Um, what we did last year, Alex was the moderator. Uh, he's Roger Goodell. He announces the picks and who's on the clock. Uh, me and Matt right. are. All the, <laughs> yeah, so everyone boo Alex like last year. Um, like me and Matt, me and Matt are each uh, sixteen franchises in one. So Matt is one half of the league. I'm the other half of the league. Um, that's why we're so great because we're so many minds put into one person. Uh, so I'm going to be the odd teams, starting with the Bengals at number one overall. Matt will be the even teams. Um, so yeah, that's all you pretty much need to know. And if Mr. Goodell would like to put us on the clock, then we can get started on the second annual memo mock draft. Yeah, I'm just gonna since we're doing this virtually, I'm just gonna remove the Giants pick from the draft. <laughs> and uh, Gettleman, I heard Gettleman doesn't like technology. Yeah, I'm picking for the Giants, so that should be fun trying Actually, to get in Gettleman's yes. mind. The so rumor just remember is remember after pick four, Richard, you're even. <laughs> the rumor is he's uh, secretly a tech whiz. Yeah, I don't believe that. That was nonsense. <laughs> the book is so funny. The picture with the giant book. The giant binder. <laughs> you were like, "What is he holding up to the camera?" <laughs> um. Okay. So, the these guys are draft wizards. They they uh take quite an interest in the draft so I'm just going to be the moderator here I'm going to be Goodell I'm going to be ad- announcing the picks and whenever I can chip in ask some questions give a little bit my my very little knowledge I'll, I'll chip in but these guys are the experts here so without further ado first pick in the draft the Cincinnati Bengals All right. on the clock so uh, this is obviously the easiest pick of the entire day. Everyone knows the Bengals are picking Grant Delpit. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> that, <idiot>. Delpit. That's, <laughs> isn't that the best name? Delpit. <laughs> All right, now, um, first overall, we're selecting Joe Burrow out of LSU. Everyone knows he had the probably single greatest college season of all time for a quarterback. Um, you don't get cute here and try and take Tua or trade down or run it back with Mr. Dalton because um, <laughs> he's still on the team, so you never know. But this is definitely the easiest one of the day. Joe Burrow goes number one overall to the Bengals. Not going to beat you over the head with it because 
You've all heard it many times up to this point. Yeah, and if you want, uh, if you want to hear a little bit of conversation from us about Burrow versus Tua Tungabailoa, you can go back and listen to our episode from last week. We, it's a it's a topic that we've covered quite a lot. Here. So there it is, Burrow to the Bengals. I've seen Burrow pet play. I've done a little bit of research about him. I'm excited about him. And I'm excited for the, the Bengals potential turnaround here. It's gonna they have a good squad. They have not a good yeah, squad, they, you know, they but have, they have good pieces on that offense. Yeah, and they have talent there for him to succeed. If AJ Green can stay on the field, he'll have some nice receivers to throw to, mixing out of the backfield, it'll be interesting. And he'll look cool in the jersey. I don't know about that. I'm not big on you like the Bengals jerseys? They're okay for what they are. I thought that Photoshop of him in it was pretty cool. The one that you posted on our Instagram? Yeah. My dad has a thing for the Bengals uniforms. He just thinks they're mad cool, and he he bought a Bengals helmet just because he likes them. Really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The helmet's kind of cool. Yeah, I like the helmet. It's definitely weird that the next great quarterback prospect is going to be on the Bengals, so... They're just going to have yeah. a franchise quarterback for 15 years. <laughs> it's, good. it's been a while. Stability. Probably their, their first, uh, I guess Dalton was their franchise quarterback, but he didn't really pan out. But Paul was probably they'd have their Palmer, last yeah. good, good Paul, quarterback. Poor Dalton. He's not that bad. Really not that bad. He's a starting quarterback, I think. I f- if he gets yeah, traded somewhere, he'll probably <clears throat> be a starter. They made the playoffs think, a couple times. I mean, he had Marvin Lewis, so what are you supposed to do, really? <laughs> and I, I think I feel like he should just the Patriots should really make a move for him. He was a second round pick, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, for a second round pick, I feel like that's all you can ask for from a quarterback. You know, you're not getting an Andrew Luck number one overall. If you can get success out of a quarterback outside of the first round like that it's very rare that you get an elite one like Wilson uh, who's that guy Brady Tom Brady <laughs> and yeah last year was uh, any quarterback would have been terrible behind that offensive line so he's in most years he's been better than he was last year so yeah can expect him to improve. good for Burrow um, their first round pick will be back who Got hurt in the preseason. Uh, Their left tackle was supposed to start, and he got hurt for the whole year, so Mm -hmm. at least have someone protecting him. Yeah, Jonah Williams. They basically are getting two first-round picks, two top-ten picks. Um, So we'll see. But, yeah, like you said, I don't think it's the worst situation for Burr to go into. Usually when you have the number one pick, you're going into the worst team in the NFL. Um, I don't feel like that's the case with the Bengals. I know that they were, what, 2-14 and 14 last year. Uh, but they were competitive in a couple games. Um, and like you guys said, there there are some weapons there for Burrow as long as the offensive line can hold up. Isn't that the case for every team? Every team. <laughs> All, All right. the bad teams. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Uh, second pick here, we have the Redskins. Where are they going, yes. Brodsky? Yes, so the Washington Redskins. Um, so this is a kind of a case of, from at least what we've seen in the media, that it was so set 
everyone had them taking um, Chase Young. Everyone still, most people have them taking Chase Young. But as the draft got closer, um, and people kind of got sick of seeing, you know, the same thing all the time at the top of the draft, people like to switch it up and, and like you know get a little cute and try to think about different outcomes. Um, but I don't think there's any way that you know you've seen some people have them taking Tua or. A couple now I'm seeing that uh, they're going to go cornerback. They're going to take Jeff Okuda and maybe trade out of the second pick to Miami. Uh, but I personally you know, think that that's just a media creation, media hype. I don't see um, <clears throat> the Redskins doing anything crazy at number two. When you have someone like Chase Young on the board, the best overall talent in the draft, uh, even though pass rusher is not an immediate need for the Redskins, He's just the best player on the board. He's too good to pass up. So with the second pick, the Redskins here will take Chase Young. Um, and and I say that they don't need really edge rushers. They have Ryan Kerrigan, who's been doing it for a long time. He's a solid guy. Um, and then they drafted Montez Sweat in the first round last year, who put together a pretty good year as a rookie. So they definitely have more glaring needs. Uh, but again, Chase Young is as can't miss of a prospect as it gets. And for a team that just doesn't really have a lot of talent, I think it would make sense to bring in Chase Young and, and just kind of have some, have a fr- have a face of the franchise to build your team around. Can never have too many pass rushers. Look at the 49 sure, Ryan Kerrigan must be, he must be getting up there a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's definitely on the older side. And look at the 49ers, the other team last year who drafted second overall. Had probably the most stacked D-line in the league. They just traded one of them for a first-round pick. And they picked Bosa because you you take that player and you add him to an already stout team and you get that much better. Mm-hmm. He's going to yep. take that defense to the next level on his yeah. own. And honestly, with the Redskins on the interior, they have De'Aaron Payne and Jonathan Allen. Putting Chase Young there with Montez Sweat, who's also probably going to take another step. Like That's a crazy front four if they're all healthy and playing well together. A couple of Alabama guys in the interior. They're beasts. No one then, talks about them because it's in Washington, but yeah. they're really good. With Kerrigan on the older side, you know, then he doesn't have to play every snap. You can use him more situationally, maybe get more out of him. Mm. I mean, I'm not expecting the Redskins to be world beaters overnight like the 49ers were, but <clears throat> they'll definitely Ryan be. Kerrigan is one of the more underrated pass rushers in the league. He's really he's consistent. Really, yeah, I was gonna, he's a very consistent year, year in and year out. Let me try to up his stats real quick. <clears throat> But, I mean, yeah, maybe if they're blown away with an offer that Miami puts together, it's possible that they can drop down a little bit, let some quarterbacks go early. I know teams like the the Lions and Giants would love for that to happen and have Chase Young fall to them. But uh, we're not predicting trades here, obviously, because that's just a little bit too difficult to get into. But um, if they're picking at number two, I don't think that there's any way they don't pick Chase Young. I agree. Yeah, Kerrigan had – he played 12 games last year. Wow. He played – this was the first year he's missed games. He started all 16 games since 2011. Was he always with the Redskins? Oh. Yeah. He had 7 and a half, 8 and a half, 8 and a half, 13 and a half, 9 and a half, 11, 13, 13. Yeah, he's just always consistent. That's good. Oh, that is good. So let me ask you this since um... – like you said, this isn't really addressing the Redskins' most glaring need. I would say that their most glaring needs are on offense. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they had the, the worst offense in the NFL last year, statistically. Um, how do you think that gets addressed on Thursday? So the it's it's a good question because the tough part about it is they don't have a second round pick. Uh, they the Colts are picking in the second round for the Redskins. I'm not sure what the deal was, but um, they definitely they're going to need a left tackle. I, what I think is going to happen um, with Trent Williams, he's got to get traded. He's not going to play for the Redskins. I think you could probably get him for a second round pick, um, or maybe like a third. Like get at this point, get what you can get. But especially not having a second round pick because they're going to have to address the offensive line. So you know, take Chase Young on Thursday in the first round, but rounds three to five, if they don't get a second, it has to be focused on getting yourself a new left tackle to replace Trent Williams uh, and probably bringing in another wide receiver opposite Terry McLaurin, who's looked like he could be a number one, but. For a young quarterback like Haskins, you're probably going to want to bring in another guy. You can get a good receiver in the third round. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you. Probably focus more so on the offense after after bringing in uh, Young at number two. Yeah, and if you're going to grab a receiver outside of the first and second, this is the draft to do it. There's a lot of really good receivers that are going to fall. You can definitely get a starter uh, early in the third round on um, – because they're picking top of the third round, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. So, it's going to be interesting to watch what happens with Trent Williams. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they can get a second at this point. I think a third is more likely, but we'll see. It's. I would give a second. As a, if I'm the Chargers, I would give a second for Trent Williams. Why not? Yeah, I mean, the only thing is you have to trade for him and then pay. He, he's going to be paid top left tackle money. And it sucks that he's missed a year at this point. But I would, yeah, I mean... Look, if the Jets missed out on all four O tackles, picked a wide receiver, and traded a third for Trent Williams, I would <clears throat> be ecstatic through the roof. Yeah. But I don't know. It's They're just run by Dan Snyder, so I don't know how stubborn they're going to be about this return. I feel like at this point, um, now they're obviously probably waiting till draft night to see anyone being desperate, but at this He's point... He's been if, in the, on the trade block for so long, yeah. it seems like. <clears throat> they're not going to get whatever value they've set for him, and... At that point, like, why just hold on to him unless you're just being a stubborn Dan Snyder? Yeah. Which has been the case up to this point. They probably could have moved on from him last year. They could have got a first for him last year probably, but they were set on not trading him. Yeah. And then they finally, I feel like now, know they probably have to trade him, but the value is not what they're looking for now. Yeah, we'll see. It sucks. It would have been a nice, nice guy to have for Haskins, but... That is uh, the Washington Redskins. All right. All right, next we have the Detroit Lions. Okay, so uh, the top three picks of of this draft have been pretty unanimous in most mocks. Uh, Burrow first, Chase Young second, and who I'm going to select for the Lions, uh, Jeff Okuda out of Ohio State, cornerback. Uh, these three picks seem to be pretty much set in stone if you're looking at a mock draft with no trades where the lines trade down or something. Uh, they just got rid of Darius Slay. They traded him to the was the Eagles. Yes. And they only have Desmond Trufant on the other side. They need to fill that void. Matt, Pat- uh, Matt Patricia is a defensive coach, and he's probably 
on the very hot seat at this point, especially with the story that came out about him and Slay and how there's pretty bad blood between him and some of the players. So he wants to get a stud in there. Okuda is one of the better cornerback prospects in the last few years. Um, hopefully not reminiscent of the Jets trading Darrell Revis and bringing in D. Milliner <laughs> that year. Uh, he was from Alabama, but hopefully you get a better production out of out of Okuda. Uh, Alex seems loved like... D. Milner coming out. Yeah, you Me? like that? <laughs> you were all about That's the Milner. That's not true. We were like 15. Yeah, you kept texting me. You were like, yo, D. Milner, D. Milner. I was like, what? What? <laughs> He w- I mean, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't talent that, that ruined him. He just would get hurt every game. And now he's fat. Yeah, now he's out of the league. He was out of the league at 24, ninth overall pick. <laughs> Yo, he was defensive player of the week once. <laughs> he was. Actually? I think he was. Yeah. I remember. I it was week 17 of his rookie year. Yeah, he played really well. Remember Geno Smith had a perfect passer rating, too? That's, that's pretty sick. He could be like 60 years old, tell his kids, like, yeah, one one Sunday, I was defensive player of the week in the NFL. Yeah, the week yeah. where everyone sits their starters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the only reason one, I was in the game, but I, I did well. For one week, I was the best defensive player in the world. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, um, um, I think the Lions are a, a candidate to trade down. I do too, but we're not doing trades, so yeah. that's why I yeah. said, unless there's a trade down, this is usually what you're going to get. Yeah, I think the teams are going to want to, if they want to jump up and grab a quarterback, number three, I think Detroit would want to move down. They have a lot of holes on the defense. Yeah, and if they, I mean, I guess the Giants, like say they traded down to five with Miami, I guess the Giants could take Okuda at that point, but you still could get him. Possibly, uh, but if you don't yeah, get him, definitely. maybe you get Isaiah Simmons or someone like that. But yeah, yeah, they should, um, they should trade down. Okuda is gonna be, he's gonna be really good. He's pretty mm-hmm. tall. He's six one, two hundred pounds. He can play man zone. He'll press. He can tackle. Yeah, can he's fast. He's gonna be really good. All right. How do you feel about Okuda, I Alex? I think he's good. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. I'm sure he'll be uh, lock, locking him down for a while. All right, so uh, skip the Giants. Now we got the, the Dolphins. Uh, Giants at four. What do you All think? Right, I got, I've Matt, got you my better make here. your. You better make. <laughs> you better just, make Ross Brown. I gotta find the right page. Give me a second. <laughs> Did they take Chase Young? Yep. Is he available? <laughs> okay, it's in here somewhere. Give me like, a second. Actually, though, <laughs> I want Daniel. I want Daniel Jones. Yeah, can we take Dave. a running back? <laughs> Dave, that was last draft. <laughs> Who? <laughs> What's up, Alex? He, he wants to know no, who you're it's picking. It's just like, oh, it's such. Seeing that was so concerning. I really <laughs> hope it's like not. True, but like, <laughs> what is he doing in his meetings? Like, <laughs> I have written down here. <laughs> it's like, what? This guy, he's uh, what is he, 6'4? <laughs> yeah, let's get him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, at number four, I'm gonna take, I think. 
The Giants can go a lot of different ways because they need a lot of things. Um, mostly on the defensive side of the ball, I don't. They really have nobody on defense who is of any even worth a mention. I'm, I guess James Bradbury from Cal- from Carolina, the new corner they got, is probably their best defender. I mean, Dexter Lawrence is good in the middle, but I, they like they need a lot of help. Um, so they're gonna be they're gonna have to hit on a lot of these draft picks, but I think the most important thing for them right now is protecting the offense. Um, so I'm gonna have them going offensive line here um, with Jedrick Wills Jr. from Alabama. He's a very big physical type of offensive lineman, like aggressive and really just like attacks people um, in in coverage, but. One thing that's interesting with him is that he can play right and left side, but he he only played right tackle in college because he was at Alabama and Tua is a lefty, so he was protecting Tua's blind side, but he was on the right side of the line. So I think teams are probably going to try to move him over to left tackle, which he's never done before. So it could be a little bit of a learning curve, but I think that he's just the kind of like big physical guy that Gettleman looks for and that the Giants honestly need just somebody who can uh, be physical up there and like take control of of the line but it's interesting because they do have Nate Solder at left tackle so I don't know what you do with him he obviously hasn't done very well since coming over for the Giants Um, but they like Wills has the flexibility to play both sides of the line so that versatility is important I guess uh, but when you have Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, like these two young studs that you picked in the top 10 uh, in the past two years, it's important to protect them and let them do their thing to, to grow. So I think uh, offensive line is the pick. And whichever one of the four they go with, I think would be a good pick. But I have them taking Jedrick Wills. Yeah, you touched on it. or You just said, you know, last two drafts, picking two very important offensive players in the top 10 at least to their offense like I'm not going to debate about the value of a running back but Saquon Barkley is obviously the second most important player on their offense um <clears throat> you do what you can to protect those guys and get the most out of those guys I like I mean all these O tackles I feel like there's a huge disparity here and who people who everyone thinks will go first and you know the order of who's the best this and that there's really no set you know list or ranking of them really ranges amongst everyone yeah but i've seen wills go first off the board in a lot of them i like that for the giants and i think he can play right tackle and it's still a good pick i think a lot of i think at this point in the league the right tackle while you're not protecting the blind side they're usually going against the better pass rushers uh defensive defenses oftentimes move the best pass rusher to the right side because that was normally the worst offensive lineman, you know. Uh, right. The best off offensive lineman was a left tackle, so we're going to put our best pass rusher on the worst one. So I think there's still value in having a great right tackle. And just at this point in the league, there's so many, there's such a dire need for O-line that, look, Quentin Nelson's a guard, and he completely transformed the Colts' offensive line. Mm-hmm. You get that stud at whatever position you can, you know. Yeah. So. Wills has drawn comparisons to Quentin Nelson, too, just the kind of demeanor he has and the physicality. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like, Quentin Nelson's one of the best offensive linemen in football, so he's, Wills has a lot of work to do before he earns that comparison, I guess. Uh, but he's he's definitely the kind of guy who can uh, 
just like set the tone for the offensive line and, and be that physical man up front. Yeah, <clears throat> I like Wills a lot. Um, <laughs> sorry, what's it called? Uh, did you see that? Sorry, I wanted to say this. Did you see the Quentin Nelson on part of my take? Yeah, he's wearing the sunglasses. Yeah, he's he's kind of a hard L. I don't really yeah, like him that much. Yeah, I didn't expect him to have that personality. Honestly, <laughs> he thinks he's the man. Yeah, but he's filthy. So he's really, really good. <laughs> Alex, you All like right. that pick for the Giants? Uh, yeah. I I agree with what you guys are saying about the dire need for offensive linemen in the league. It seems like every team that is bad has a bad offensive line. So, <laughs> yeah, a lot of these teams and picking in the top 10 can use linemen. You can't, I mean, yeah. you, and you can't, the giants have been here before picking a lineman in the top 10 and they got the really shit end of that when they picked Eric flowers. So, Oh, they're hoping to hit on this one. Which and you know now he, he, just he made like thirty million dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say now he just got ten million a year from the Dolphins after switching to guard for Washington and playing pretty well. Good for him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm if, sure he's fine with the way his life has turned out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Speaking of the Dolphins. Speaking of the Dolphins, with pick number five, <clears throat> we have the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, so me and Matt, we were actually talking about this earlier. It seems like leading up to the draft in this last week, everyone's uh, talking about the Dolphins possibly liking Herbert over Tua, and all the. Uh, we were saying that it's all these smoke screens. There's no shot, and like I was, yeah, and I was also saying um, when you get to this point in the especially the mock draft season where everyone's trying to get the most clicks as possible before it happens and they can't write about it anymore. Everyone's going to be saying uh, outrageous things. Uh, I'm going to not be outrageous. I'm going to have the Dolphins, uh, to the pain of my heart, pick Tua. <laughs> it sucks. Uh, I know Matt for a different reason because he wants him on the Chargers. I don't want him in the division because if he's healthy and is what he's good could be, potentially then that's going to suck to play against but <laughs> dolphins don't mess around here in this draft there was no trades but if you don't have to trade up and you end up with Tua and you have two other first round picks to build around him and build this team after a team that a lot of people thought could have went winless uh turns around plays really hard for brian flores and shows a lot of fight and talent that nobody really knew they had you put in Tua if he's healthy um maybe it's a sit out, sit out a year whatever but you have four more years of him on a rookie deal. Mm -hmm. uh, Dolphins don't mess around here. They take the quarterback that everyone knows they want. Yeah. And, and you, like you said, they, this has been something since before last season started. The whole tank for Tua, the Dolphins are going to go 0-16. Like, these two have been linked to each other for over a year now. And I'm supposed to believe that all of a sudden, a week before the draft, all of this Justin Herbert talk is coming out. It's has smokescreen written all over it. Like, as a Chargers fan, I could not pray more for this to be true, that they actually like Herbert. But there's no way. There's no way that if two is on the board, Miami is going to take Justin Herbert, who is has, even with Tua's injuries, Herbert has way more of a question mark than Tua, which says something. And it just seems that... because and, and I hear what you're saying, Rich, about... 
the like clickbait kind of thing where it's like, oh, wait, they're doing something different. Let me go check this out. But I've seen reports that it's coming from people like the Miami writers saying that they actually like Herbert more than Tua. And so just to cut you off for one second, I'm sorry. Um, it is a little, we've seen this before where uh, the Browns all of a sudden, right before the draft, you're hearing about Baker Mayfield number one overall when that really, you really never heard that until right before leading up to the draft. So there is a little precedent for it sort of coming out that a team likes one guy over the other. Um, I think I feel like it was a little Possibly. different, a, a little different that year when you're picking number one overall. You can say yeah, whatever the hell, number one, I whatever think the hell you want. Different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm just saying, you know, sometimes there, it gets out that they it's like true. someone. But I, I, I agree with you in this and, case. And that year with Cleveland, because they were picking one, there were four quarterbacks. You know, with Baker, Darnold, Allen, and Rosen. Yeah, it didn't the matter. The Browns weren't wanted. really linked to one specifically. It was kind of just. It was Darnold one week, it was Rosen, some Allen, and then Baker kind of emerged last second. Yes. But, but Tua, is, Tua to Miami has been a thing for so long, and it, it seems like, and it makes sense for the Dolphins, right? If you can convince people that you want Justin Herbert, then you don't have to trade up to number three to pick Tua. You can have Tua come to you, you can keep your picks. Yep. That's what I think that the goal is there. Hope I'm wrong, but again... You know, I, I don't see a way that Miami doesn't leave Thursday night with Tua as their franchise quarterback. I agree. <clears throat> they're not getting outbid right. by anyone, and right. if he falls, they're taking him. The only thing is maybe, maybe it's possible that they like Tua more, but they like Herbert enough where they'd rather not mortgage their other picks and just keep the picks and take Herbert. Like, if they, like say if the Chargers do want to trade up to three. And then Detroit goes to Miami and says, this is the offer. Do you want to beat it? They're like, you know what? We're not going to beat it. We'd rather keep the picks and take Herbert and see what happens. Yeah, That's fuck, the only possibility. Fuck that. I'll keep the picks and make Fitzpatrick my quarterback again. There you go. Pick, <laughs> pick like a fucking wide receiver or something. I don't know. Rosie yeah. season, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we'll this never stop Josh Rosen. every week I'll find a way to bring up Josh Rosen <laughs> <laughs> alright Matt alright here we go pick number 6 Matt's resident Los Angeles Chargers man if I ran the Chargers we win the Super Bowl every year I'm going to take Justin Herbert at number 6 <laughs> Oh, that! How much did that hurt? Psych! I'm fucking lying. I'll never pick Justin. If he was available in the third round, I wouldn't pick him. Uh, no, listen. I'm expecting to be heartbroken at this time on Thursday after Tua gets off the board a pick before the Chargers, but it's fine. You know, we've anticipated this. You can pivot appropriately. Um, I trust Tom Telesco and his draft evaluations. So what I'm going to tell him to do here is. Don't take Justin Herbert. Don't just pick a quarterback because you might need one this year. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have linked Justin Herbert to the Chargers. Offensive line is the biggest need for this team. It's the reason why they went 5-11 and after a 12-4 and season. I'm going to take Andrew Thomas, left tackle from Georgia. This is who I have them taking in my actual mock draft that I put up on the website a couple weeks ago. It hasn't changed. I think he's the most, you know, dependable, like can start right away, has the fewest amount of holes in his game of the offensive lineman. 
um, available. I don't think he has, you know, maybe the biggest ceiling as guys like Tristan Wirfs and Jedrick Wills because of their just like athleticism and um, like physicality on offense. But I trust I trust Andrew Thomas to be able to start right away. Um, and <clears throat> the Chargers traded their left tackle Russell Okung this offseason, so they don't have a left tackle. Um, being able to put Andrew Thomas in there, who had started at Georgia for the past three years, kind of was the leader of like a very strong offensive line that they had there. Um, I don't think that you'd have to worry about him too much and just address a need and move on with it. Yeah, uh, I like what you said about not just picking a quarterback because you need one and everyone in the media says you should pick Justin Herbert. If you don't like him... Uh, I know you don't, Matt, as the GM of the Chargers today. But if you don't like him and you're the real Chargers, you don't just take him because you need a quarterback. Uh, I'm no fan of Tyrod Taylor. I, I think they should have went out and signed Cam Newton if they weren't going to draft someone. But um, maybe it's not the year, and you can never go wrong picking uh, a stud O tackle. I really like Andrew Thomas. I've been wanting, I've been loving how he's falling in mock drafts because I've wanted him to go to the Jets. Yeah. But he really reminds me a lot of of. Uh, I've said this before to Brickashaw Ferguson, who was a great left tackle for the Jets. He's not the most athletic guy, but he's athletic enough. He's not the strongest guy. He's strong enough, but he knows what he's doing on the field. Um, he's always in the right place. He's a good run blocker, and he's just solid. He played. He started every year at Georgia. He played left tackle, and he's just been consistent for them. And that's. I don't think anyone's complaining. Maybe you're not the best left tackle in the league one day, but. No one would complain if they had the Brigashaw Ferguson for 10 years yeah. like the Jets did, you know. Um, Dependability and somebody who would just, like you, you like to say plug and play, Rich. You just put him there and yeah. you don't have to worry about it. Exactly. <laughs> plug and play, baby. <laughs> and also, like, the draft's more than one round. Like, I know you want your franchise quarterback to be, like, a top pick, and they're obviously more likely to pan out just from a historical standpoint. But I would rather take a guy like Jalen Hurts in the third round and then kind of just like not have that kind of crazy pressure as a number six pick, let him develop a little bit um, and put him in there when he's ready, give him a shot. I think that it's a better value taking a guy like Hertz or, or Jacob Eason from Washington instead of forcing your hand with Justin Herbert, a guy who's not ready to go right now. And we'll just, I agree. It, it seems like another like Blake Bortles um, overdrafting him because of need um, or like, I, I just I don't, and I'm not. I don't think he's going to be a complete bust, Justin Herbert. I think he could pan out in the right system, but I don't want him anywhere near my team. Yeah, and if they're not going quarterback here, uh, they're obviously not going receiver. They have a stacked receiving corpse. There's no real stud defender that they're that they're looking after. And a the lot. Other- of, a lot of people in the. Like Charger fans that I talk to or like I'm following along with, they want Isaiah Simmons. And oh yeah, I f- uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Holy shit. it's just Forgot not a need. The board. Like he's still out there, and he probably will be there at six unless the Giants pick him. Yeah, but I don't know what that does for the Chargers. The defense is fine. Yeah, the I don't I don't see them taking Simmons. I definitely think they're going to go a line if this is. <clears throat> If they're not picking a quarterback, which for your your sake, I, I might not don't. even be able to watch their pick. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. If I hear Alex Masados, aka Roger Goodell, <laughs> say Justin Herbert, I, I'm gonna be in a big, big trouble. Dude, I will be legitimately pissed. 
Yes. I, I might consider switching teams to the Jets. <laughs> when when the Jet, when the Jets were picking third overall, I was literally had my face in Brian's arm. Like if they say Josh Allen, <laughs> I am walking out of this room. I, was, I could not look. Um, we were at my house, right? Was it your house? I thought we were at Jeff's. Oh no! Last year was DK Metcalf. We yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh <wasn't> Matt. <laughs> Matt. Matt. Yeah. That, that's that something was, we didn't talk about when uh, we, when you were picking the Dolphins pick. Is Darnold, Allen, Tua, same division? Stidham. It'll be interesting. <laughs> I was gonna say and Stidham, <laughs> baby. Stidham. <laughs> Until yeah, the- no, that would be sick. Three young quarterbacks. Until the Patriots trade up yeah. to two and get uh, <laughs> Tua. <laughs> the Pats will get Tua. Yeah. And then you have Rosen, right. Tua, Allen, and Darnold. <laughs> this kid Rosen. All right. Moving along to pick number seven, we got the Carolina Panthers, their new head coach, Matt Rule. Uh Richard's second favorite team thinks they're going 16-0 and next year. Some uh, squad. Who are they picking? All right, now this, this is a tough one because – They're just all – they're just a complete team. <laughs> there's just no holes. There's no, there's no needs. There's no – They might just forfeit the pick. There's no holes on this <laughs> roster at all, and, you know, I, I think they're a pretty generous squad. They might want to let someone else – <laughs> get this pick here. Let the time run out. No, um, they could go Derek Brown here, but if Isaiah Simmons is gonna fall this far, um, you got you got to pick him up. Uh, just like the Giants, there's not many defenders you can name on the Panthers that stand out to you. There's a few I can't name. I remember we've talked about this, and we went and looked, and there was some guys we were like, okay, he's good, he's good. But they just need to get some some heads on that side of the ball. Yeah, <laughs> they needed uh, Brian Burns is the only player. Yeah, that know on the who they drafted last year. He was a solid pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna pick Isaiah Simmons. Uh, everyone's calling him the Jack of All Trades guy. He he he's fast. He can cover. You can rush the passer with him. He can tackle. He can do it all. And. He played they, corner uh, a little bit at Clemson yeah, also. Yeah, exactly. And this, in this league, you need linebackers that can cover those running backs out of the backfield, even sometimes line up against a receiver. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, I think, is going to be a really good player. Just put them all over your defense. And they, Luke Keekley just retired, you know, probably the best linebacker in the NFL. <clears throat> and now you replace him with someone who I think has even higher potential, who coming out looks like he can do even a little more. So I'm going to go with yeah, Isaiah sure. Simmons. At seven for the Carolina Panthers. Uh-huh. A lot Simmons of people have beast, man. yeah. A lot of people have Derek Brown going here. They do need some interior D line help, but um, as a Jets fan, I'll wanna, never pick a D lineman. I look at these numbers all the time with Isaiah Simmons because they're everywhere. But it's just so funny to compare and get. This gives you like a good, um, <clears throat> like, like metrics like. I compare. I don't know. I don't. Whatever the fuck. Whatever the word is. I'm blanking on the word. But from at from Isaiah Simmons' combine numbers, he is taller than DK Metcalf, who's six foot three. So he's a big body. He's heavier than Roquan Smith, who's a successful linebacker in the NFL already. Um, he is. He ran faster 
Then Devin Hester, Saquon Barkley, and Christian McCaffrey. He had better 40 times than those guys. And he had a higher, he had a better broad jump than Alvin Kamara, who is like one of the more explosive players in the NFL. So he's literally just like, you take all of these guys' <laughs> best attributes and put them in like a pot. And then Isaiah Simmons is the product of that. It just yeah. is like mind blowing the kind of you take like all the most explosive and best offensive players in the NFL, put them into a, into a defender. And say go go stop those guys. <laughs> yeah, it's like what the fuck he's supposed to do. And he had a, he had a uh, better um, vertical than Julio Jones. Like what is that? He's just a crazy good athlete. It's like, I wouldn't be surprised if because he's not a, he's not an edge rusher, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's like an inside backer, getting a decent amount of sacks, picking the ball oh, off, yeah. defending passes. It's gonna be mad, really fun to watch. Realistically, and, he's like a bigger, you know. D- Jamal Adams type, Derwin James type, yeah, yeah, like those, like who are more, more so safeties than linebackers, but yeah. they can do that. So he's more of like a linebacker who can play safety. Yeah, but it's just, I mean, this is a once in a lifetime kind of athlete. Yeah, and everybody will look cool in a Panthers jersey. He will definitely, except Robbie, look Anderson. fucking cool there. Idiot, most swag in the league. <laughs> <laughs> are they gonna? <laughs> Reveal those Chargers jerseys, or they scrapped them. <laughs> Dude, don't even get me started with that shit. I think. It Why are they changing them? <laughs> Why are they even? They were already I don't know. nice. I I have no idea. I think maybe like the L.A. move with the new stadium. Uh, they're they're doing shit. Right. But those all come right. out Tuesday, and the hype is unreal. Yeah, a lot of people saying they're the best they've seen. So it's it's good that we'll be disappointed. <laughs> all right, so Carolina's down. All right, Goodell. All right. Next up, we got the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, so I'm basically just talking about offensive linemen the whole night tonight. Um, <laughs> Arizona, I have them taking um, Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. Um, you know, Iowa is a very good school for offensive linemen coming out. <laughs> basically, if you take an, an Iowa offensive lineman, you're going to end up having success. Um no, I, I'm, I'm just kidding. Mister and I spoke about that earlier. Richard hates Iowa, the entire state. <laughs> what a fucking, <laughs> what a miserable state. <laughs> he doesn't even like, you know, I was about to say potatoes, but that's Idaho. But <clears throat> what's really the difference between the two states? If you if, be if my about if it. my son said I want to go to Iowa, I'd say I want to put you up for adoption. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, uh, the Cardinals taking Tristan Wirfs. Uh, they obviously made the probably the biggest move of the offseason, which we spoke about on the previous or two episodes ago. Uh, they brought in DeAndre Hopkins uh, for free from the Houston Texans. Um, it was weird that they just kind of gave him to him, but the Cardinals now have their number one receiver. The offense is looking strong. Um, and Kyler Murray, as a rookie, was sacked the most times in the NFL last season. So... The defense definitely needs work. I think that this could also be a landing spot for Derek Brown. Uh, but I, I pass that up because there's more pressing needs in protecting young quarterbacks. Yeah. So the Cardinals will take uh, Tristan Wirfs, who... And I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing for a guy who you're taking in the top 10. Um, if you He played what Rich, he played left tackle at Iowa, right? He might have played right tackle. So he no. played tackle in school, but yeah. he 
people think that he might be transitioning to guard or maybe he's better suited to play guard. At the very least, he's able to do both, um, which, you know, if you don't have a set spot on the offensive line, um, I think that if he was good enough at tackle, then there wouldn't be this kind of talk of him moving to guard. But I think the talent's still there just for that versatility. I think it's important because in today's NFL, with we've seen lines, they're often injured and people are moving around offensive lines a lot now, like left guard, right guard, center. Like the people are just like mixing and matching all the time. And having a guy who can play different positions, um, I think it's a good thing. Um, so I think Arizona could use another uh, offensive lineman here, especially because Wirfs is one of the more athletic linemen available in the draft. And I know Cliff Kingsbury and his offense. They are, you know, they run around, they do things in motion, get guys in different areas and like kind of run a unique offense. So having athletic players across the board is something that will benefit them. So bringing in a guy like Wirfs, who is, you can move him around the line a little bit and he kind of has that same type of physicality and just like a mauler as similar to Jedrick Wills that I talked about earlier, but Whoever they go with, if it's Beckton or Wirfs, you know, those are the two guys left on the board here. I definitely think the offensive line should be addressed and then focus the rest of the draft on patching up the holes of the defense. Yeah, with Murray there, I don't know he was stacked the most in the league. And if with his times. Yeah, with his mobility, that's not no, ideal. And then, <laughs> listen, he's the same thing with like kind of Watson and as being a young quarterback. A lot of them were on him holding the ball too long, but you want to protect the, the number one overall pick. Yeah, and yeah, with him there and Kingsbury being the head coach, you know, very offensive-minded guy, I'm sure they'll want to build that side of the ball before anything else. So mm-hmm. can't blame the pick. Wouldn't be surprised if it was Brown. Right. They did make some offensive line signings this offseason. Uh, did they? Who'd they bring in? Uh I know they re-signed like a few guys on their team. I think, and they brought in someone else. I don't know off the top of my head any names, but I've seen the I'm signing. Look it up real quick. Yeah, but it's a, it's interesting. Be, I mean, not interesting. It's necessary for them to protect the the offense because, especially in that division, um, with the, the Rams and the Niners, you know, two very good front sevens. Uh, the Seahawks haven't had a pass rusher it seems in like ten years, but for guys who are going to be going against Aaron Donald twice a year and like Nick Bosa and all of the the Niners defense, um, you want to be able to protect your quarterback first and foremost. Yeah, for sure. Especially a young quarterback. (laughs) Oh, wait, the Cardinals signed Max Garcia. Okay. (laughs) Never mind. No, I don't, I don't know. Didn't I, they, re, they re-signed Humphreys? Is that who it is? Marcus Gilbert? No, not. Who's Humphreys? DJ Humphreys. That's not... He's not if the they court. re-signed one of their offensive linemen, doesn't <laughs> that mean he's probably bad? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't see... Uh, I don't see any DJ Humph here. He might. He's probably on a different team, and he might not even be an O-line. <laughs> <laughs> I just Richard's making up complete lies, so <laughs> I, I think that means we should move on to the next pick. Um, <laughs> oh, you're right. They signed it to a three-year deal. It's just not listed on the... DJ Humphreys? I knew it. Yeah. He is an O-tackle. But like Alex said, 
if they gave up the league lead in sacks and you're bringing back the same guys. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, okay. Moving along. Uh, with the ninth pick, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, Minshew's bad. Minshew mania, baby. Okay. I'm so... going to go get uh, more wine. All right. <laughs> All right. So I'm very tempted here. <clears throat> Because I'm a big uh, Minshew Mania guy. Um, very tempted here to give him another weapon opposite of DJ Chark. Um, maybe give him a Judy or a Lamb. But the Jacksonville Jaguars have always been a team of defense in these in these past couple of years. Last year they got very lucky. Best pass rusher in the draft, Josh Allen, slides right into their lap at, I believe, seventh overall. Was it right, Matt? Something like that? Who? Josh Allen, uh, the linebacker, was like seventh overall or seventh, something. Seventh, I think, yeah. Uh, this year, they have the top D tackle in the draft, and they need an interior D lineman. Derek Brown is on the board in this draft here. Uh, I do not see them passing him up. You can, um, what's it called? Put a stud D lineman on the interior with Josh Allen on the outside. Get that defense back to being dominant again after they've lost a few players like Jalen Ramsey. Um, Calais Campbell, he was on the, the – I always mix him up with – who's the one on the on the Cardinals? Chandler oh. Jones. Uh, you, you confuse those two? They just like Calais Chandler. They're both like underrated pass rushers <laughs> that nobody talks <laughs> about ever. Um, Calais Campbell's really good. He's been doing yeah, it for he a is. long time. Um, but he's Where on... did he come from before the Jaguars? Oh, was he on the Cardinals? Is that why? It might have. I I feel like he might have been on the Cardinals, I and that's he, why. Yeah. It was him and that. Who was that other guy? You keep talking about it. I'll find it. Was it Marcel Darius? No, no, no. <laughs> he's from the Bills. Yes. <clears throat> but yeah, he was in Arizona. Um. Yeah, so they get they get Derek Brown here. Uh, like I said before, I was thinking maybe a CD Lamb or something like that. They could go O line. Uh, Isaiah they, Isaiah Simmons is off the board, so can't fill a need at linebacker there. You know, remember Telvin Smith? You know he's like yeah, he a didn't dr- he like retire. Yeah, he's like a drug addict, like crack addict. There's some shit. Like he got no. mad skinny and like he like looks like a like a. It's crazy. No. I saw a picture of him, and he like lost all his muscle. He doesn't look like he was ever in the NFL. What? I yeah. thought he was just like stepping away for a year. I don't know. A lot of people were saying he's probably not coming back ever. I mean, he was 29, so he's kind of old. Not he was old, pretty but good though. Yeah, he was. He was definitely good. I was surprised. When I saw. I was like, I knew like he left or something, and we haven't heard about him. But I was very surprised to see. Yeah, dude, that Jaguars defense, it looked like they were about to be, like, another, like, top 10 defense for, like, the next decade. They had so many pieces there. And yeah. they and went to the AFC Championship, and then just like that, they went back to being your shitty Jaguars that everybody knows. Yeah, because, you know, no, they had the fourth overall pick. <laughs> no. And they picked Leonard Fournette, and they could have had Mahomes or Watson instead. They had a quarterback, though. <laughs> Did they? Darnell Dockett was the guy from yes, yes. Arizona. Remember him? Yes, I do. Boss. 
Um, <laughs> Goodell's not here to move on the pick. Do you have anything to say about, about Derek um, Brown? No, I think I think he's a great pick for the Jaguars. Honestly, these first nine picks of the draft are the same as my mock draft has gone. <laughs> really? So, yeah, it's kind of um, – I think – it, it makes a lot of sense for, for Derek Brown to go to the Jaguars there because, they like you said, they only have Josh Allen now on a one-stout defensive line. Mm-hmm. They need another guy to take the pressure off of Allen, who's ten-and-a-half sacks as a rookie. Seems like he's a legitimate edge rusher in the NFL, and you need somebody to to pair up with him. Um, but I'll, I'll, take, I'll take over for Goodell here real quick. We're going to move on. Uh, number 10... Cleveland Browns on the clock. Um, and again, offensive line, offensive line. This is all I get to talk about tonight. Um, I'm going to have the Browns taking Makai Becton from Louisville. So, Richard, this is the scenario that I've been telling you might happen, and I think it will. All four offensive linemen go in the top ten. Um, simple for the Browns. You know, we saw last year the disappointment that they had on the offensive side of the ball. Baker did not you know, take that next step after a good rookie season because a lot of it had to do with, with just a terrible offensive line. And they brought in Odell Beckham. They brought in Kareem Hunt. Um, Nick Chubb took uh, a step towards being a legitimate number one top ten running back in the league. And they still went, what they go, six and ten? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, they still, you know, from the midway point of the season, their season was over because they had absolutely no continuity on the offensive line. They Baker was running for his life on, you know, half the possessions that they had. And while Baker didn't play, you know, some of it is to put on, on Baker for sure. But with those kind of weapons, there's no reason that a team should ever go 6-10. and 10. If not for a shitty offensive line. So bringing in Makai... And, yeah, well, Freddie Kitchens obviously didn't do them any favors. Uh, But bringing Makai back in, he's... What is he, Rich? 6'7", 310 pounds? 370 pounds. Oh, yeah. 364 pounds or something. Crazy. So 6'7", 365 (laughs) pounds. Just a mammoth... Just a mammoth of a human being. He ran a 5'140". That's faster than what we would run. Yeah. <laughs> At yeah. least me and Alex. <laughs> no, I probably can't run that. <laughs> so he's faster than Richard, you? Richard, no, definitely sense. not. No. How could that guy be faster than Richard? He's a crazy athlete. <laughs> Why? <laughs> he is insane. That's insane. Yeah. So he's... And listen, now it's coming out that he's a big pot guy. If he guy. just ran full speed at you, he, he would just kill you. <laughs> <laughs> he's literally a, a vehicle. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's a big guy. Um, obviously physically imposing. He's going to have the size advantage against everybody he plays against in the NFL. Um, edge rushers are a lot more technically sound um, in the pros, so it's not all that matters. But by putting somebody there who can protect the blind side for Mayfield, I think it will help him out. Um, but he apparently smokes a lot of pot now. People are coming out saying that he failed a couple of drug tests. Um, <laughs> Big King. A Big couple, King. No, a couple in college. He got flagged on, on one drug. Th- <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> Whatever happened, happened. He smoked some weed. Everyone in the NFL smokes pot. Everybody in the world smokes and it's, pot. And you're allowed it to do it doesn't matter. Now, so. It's okay. Uh, 
I'm you know, sure him and Baker will get along well, rolling up mm-hmm. some blunts. Yeah, Odell doing some lines off the hooker. <laughs> you remember Allegedly. that video? <laughs> it was it was flour for his dominoes. The guy was preparing his own pizza. And yeah, I, I like that pick for the Browns. I fucking hate it as a Jets fan. Um, I don't know if Mackay Beckton's gonna get uh, invited to those parties. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if he's protecting, if he's keeping Baker Mayfield upright, I think I think he'd appreciate that. Yeah, but that. the Browns just signed uh, Jack Conklin, so they have their right tackle. You add a mammoth of a man, Beckton, on the other side. Uh, with Chubb and not obviously not only Baker, but with Chubb and Kareem Hunt back there, now you have the makings of what looks could be a dominant run blocking O line. O line. And Alex, you know more than anybody else. Nick Chubb's struggles in the red zone last season. I mean, I don't know how much of that is to oh blame on the God. offensive line, but he needs some more holes. I think, I think part. Of, I think it was partly him. Just like <laughs> dancing around on the goal line, trying to get too cute. Uh, but I don't think he trusted the times, guys up front. The amount of times that he just got yeah. s- stood up on like the three <laughs> yard line was like actually infuriating. <laughs> as and he's like a of pr- Nick Chubb. I feel like he's a pretty physical, like big back. He's yeah. so good. <laughs> and he gets to the five yard line and he sucks. Yeah. And that a lot of it had to do with Freddie Kitchens and the offensive line. But, yeah, I mean, Chubb was kind of – he would go lateral, like sideline to sideline instead of going forward sometimes. It was weird. He, just, and, he became like a different player when yeah. he got down there. Yeah, and it I think – It didn't end up hurting you that much, though, right? <laughs> no. I always find a way. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think if you're a running back like, like Chubb and you have Beckton on your O-line – you're probably going to your head coach and saying, "Just run the ball that way," because <laughs> yeah. he might, maybe he won't be an elite pass protector right away at the next level. I think he has the tools to be one. I think he'll be fine, um, but he's going to be a dominant run blocker from day one, in my opinion. If you watch his tape, he just—it's not even like I've said this before. It's not even just like college linebackers that are like 220 pounds, you know, from. Uh, Boise, bougie in the random Midwest, whatever. Um, these are like 260-pound Clemson linebackers that he's just mm-hmm. pushing to the floor and throwing around the field. You it's put like, a, even a little bit of technique into that, and he and he just like learns to use his body a little bit differently, and he's just gonna do it to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like in the blind side when he's in when yeah. he's in the practice and he just pushes him like. Over, 40 yards over the exactly. like over the Yeah, I think honestly it's his biggest problem honestly from what I've watched. I mean, I don't know this is like my own observation from like more recently studying O-linemen. He like almost pushes them too much to the point where like he's giving them ground to like get away from him instead of driving his body into them and like sticking with them. He's just like launching them and then they can <laughs> kind of like, you know, get their feet and like try and get around him. I think he needs to like keep his body on them and drive them into the ground. But he's just like a lot of the time he's if they're not landing it, he's throwing them on their back like on the floor. Yeah. And he's just manhandling people. So if like if he's if he's doing like what I feel like NFL coaches will want him to do with that amount of power, I don't know anything about him, but he can probably block like two or even three guys on like one play if he just like yeah. gives this guy a shot give that give that guy a shot and then your running back is already like gone yeah 
Yeah. And don't get me wrong, even when he, like like I'm saying, like he kind of doesn't drive his body into these guys, he's still blowing guys out of the play and giving his running backs, like, all these lanes. Um, yeah, I definitely think if you're, like you're saying, Alex, like he chips off a guard and then to the next level, like one yeah. punch from his arm to help the guard and that guy's probably on the floor. <laughs> then the next guy. Yeah, it's a massive <laughs> if you If you slow a guy down by, like, a quarter of a second, the yeah. hole's this big already. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's. I, I like him. I didn't at first going into the the draft studies of the year because you know this is what happened with guys like that. People just are like, he's big and fast, but he's raw. And most of the casual, I'm not gonna say I'm a draft expert, but I try to do my best to like really look into it. And most people hear the word raw, and they're like, nope, sucks. Nope, <laughs> they're like he's the fucking worst. <laughs> they don't think like NFL coaches aren't just like. I I don't I can't coach him up. He's yeah. raw. <laughs> He's raw. <laughs> He's raw. I agree with you though. There's right. a lot to like there more than just because when you when people talk about it and like they're writing mock drafts and they're giving like on NFL.com the mock drafts they give they just have like two sentences. For yeah, each exactly. Guy. And it's like that's what he is on the surface, but if you look at his game more, there's way more to dissect than just saying, yeah, but this and then that's it. I agree. The, the DK Metcalf treat, treatment. Oh yes, exactly. We saw how that worked out. Except in this draft, uh, Andy Isabella isn't there to be picked before Beckton, so that's good for him. Maybe the, the, the Jets, the Jets Stick would have landed. <laughs> the Jets would have landed Beckton here if, if Andy Isabella was in this draft. Yeah. Speaking of the Jets, next pick. All right, Rich. So, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> this is any Jet fans who are tuned in. We are in the somewhat nightmare scenario. Um, not too much of a nightmare. There's still talent on the board, but the one thing that we fear above all others, all four O tackles are off the board. You know, you beat Sorry. you beat the you beat the Raiders and the Redskins at the end of the year to move down a few picks, and what do you get out of it? Well. <laughs> In this case, the Jets, they get their number one wide receiver of the future to pair with Sam Darnold. They get CeeDee Lamb. I knew it. First receiver off the board. A lot of people are thinking, where's Judy? Where's Mr. Coppet? Henry Ruggs. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like both of those guys. I would not be upset with either of those guys. But with Darnold's play style. Yeah, right, my charger. Alex is listening. <laughs> I'm listening. I still have these in. Um, with Darnold's play style and uh, the way Gase calls an offense, I think he really likes guys who can run after the catch, uh, which C.D. Lamb is excellent at. He's a big body. He's fast. Um, he's not as good as a, a not as good of a route runner as as Judy, and he's not as fast as Henry Ruggs. But I think he's got uh, you know the best of both worlds. Darnold, the way he plays, he does like to throw the ball up. He does love those, you know, broken down, scramble, find a guy who can catch the ball, get yards after the play. Um, so, yeah, I really like C.D. Lamb. I've been saying since day one that if the Jets are going to go receiver, I would prefer it to be him. Uh, but like I said, I wouldn't have a problem with, with the other guys at this spot. But... Um, I would also love to trade down here if possible, given the way the board has fallen. Ah, it's rough, man. I really want one of those old linemen because, uh, you know, we're landing Chenault in the second. If oh, this really? Is the, yeah. If Maybe this not is, this mock. Yeah. Oh, I never. 
I never got know my eyes it. on him. <laughs> with Mr. Brodsky here. But No, yes. I, I agree with what you're saying. And it's interesting. I, kn- I know that you like CeeDee Lamb the most, at least for the Jets. Um, I'm a little higher on Jerry Judy, but I think the th- like Judy played a lot of slot. Yeah, that's been the in, knock recently. In Alabama. And while, I mean, I guess it's like kind of a knock if he's going to be your number one wide receiver. But I, don't, I think that, again, I've spoken a lot about versatility. And I think that it's important to be able to have guys on the offense who can do a lot of different things, especially in today's NFL. But what Lamb is best at is, when, you know, like you said, getting open, having the ball in space, and like breaking off those big plays. Which for a team like the Jets who haven't really had that in a long time. Yeah. Um, I think that it would make sense to... I, I, I feel like it's a toss-up for, for Lamb and Judy where it's just personal preference. I don't think that, you know, you're going to go wrong either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> but and I... I, yeah, I, think, I think he fills a role, and uh, I hate to say this, uh, in the Adam Gase offense that... Um, we've seen in the past with uh, a guy who's on the Jets, Demarius Thomas, in his prime when he played for Gase. They love showing, uh, throwing him, you know, receiver screens, getting him the ball with blockers in front of him, and they dominated on that play. I'm sure you've seen many a times on that 2015 Broncos team when Demarius Thomas would curl around the screen and just bolt down the field. Mm-hmm. You know, Adam Gase loves those receivers that can just take the ball and go. And he fit. I think he fits that mold more than a Judy or a Ruggs. Uh, he's big. He's physical. Um, mm-hmm. I think he might be even a little more complete than Thomas was coming out of the draft. I'm not going to say he'll be better because I think Thomas was really good. A great but, career. Yeah. So I think he definitely fits that. And Joe Douglas has come out. There was actually a whole um, New York Daily News article about it. Uh, I don't like Manish Mehta, but it was a nice insight to the way the Jets are drafting. And like he got, he got some you know, intel from the team, so it wasn't just his what do you what do you fucking I look hate at? him. I, I hate him Manish Mehta. I hate him too and I did not want to read the article, but <clears throat> I heard it was really good from multiple people who also don't like him. <laughs> so I read it and you know one likes Manish Mehta. Yeah, he sucks. But this this article was just like, you know, an insight into how the Jets evaluate talent and like it was fact <laughs> like joe douglas has t- spoken about this before like it's what he learned from ozzy newsome and like other guys who have used this strategy you know they rank guys it's not like this guy's a first round grade this guy's a second round grade like they give them number <clears throat> number grades based on how they think they fit in their system and the different attributes or whatever so i think they're going to take into heavy consideration between these top three guys who you know, there's kind of like a lot, a lot of people are say like Judy Lamb rugs or Lamb Judy rugs. It's kind of like a little bit more set than say the O lineman class where it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. But I think the way the Jets evaluate, they'll look at Lamb and say, "All right, this is a type of player that fits with Gase, type of receiver he likes with Darn and especially with Darnold who can you know scramble and likes to throw the ball up, maybe too much." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's that big body. And look, I love Judy. He can fucking get open at any time. Uh-huh. Just going I think my, my thing, and again, like, I don't, this isn't meant to be a knock on CeeDee Lamb because I think both of them are like neck and neck and they're, they're both going to be successful receivers. Um, <clears throat> a lot of what CeeDee Lamb did um, against the Big 12 and, and those defenses, 
like no, there's no real like players of note on those teams in the Big Twelve. It's historically known for bad defensive football. Mm. Um, I feel like a lot of what I've seen from Lamb is that he is just open like a lot, and he gets the ball in space because he is so wide open. And with Lincoln Riley's offense in Oklahoma, they design plays to like just exploit all the holes on those bad defenses. So I want to see him more than. You know, he can obviously develop and, and learn when he gets to the next level, but more so, like, his ability to create the space on his own and just, like, have, when he's going up against a number one wide receiver, I don't yeah. know if he would be able and to have the same impact right away. Yeah, hey, you know, say what you want about the Big 12 and those defenses, and, you know, jury's still out on both these guys. But the last two number one picks were from Oklahoma, playing against those Big 12 defenses, Baker Mayfield and then Kyler Murray. And I think that, I mean, Mayfield obviously took a little bit of a step back. I still think he's going to be good. And Murray looked like he can be a pretty good quarterback mm-hmm. in this league. So, you know, sure. different different positions. I'm not going to say, you know, quarterback to receiver. But those guys. And CeeDee Lamb was there for both of them, right? Yeah, I believe so. He might not have been as, you know, prominent during Baker's day. But right. he was definitely there with Murray. And he had a better year, I think. Right. And then you had Jalen Hurts throwing to him, who is not the greatest passer. I like Hurts. Um, I think he'd be a nice pickup for a team in a later round, but right. still put up a good good year. But, yeah. For sure. Jets take C.D. Lamb because he'll have the most swag in the jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real reason behind it all. Fuck the system. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that. I hope they, I hope they address the offensive line even more at some point, but – yeah, if for sure. If those top four guys aren't aren't there, then I understand the pick. Yeah, yeah. At that point, if you can't trade down, you know, take one of the top receivers on the board. You can, and I still would want to take another receiver in another round, but you know, second round maybe pick like a project tackle or you, uh, usually like a stud center falls in the second. Like maybe go that route. Pick a project tackle later. Hope Darnold doesn't die from George Fant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. All right, moving on. Um, with pick number 12, we have the first player ever selected by a Las Vegas NFL team. Interesting. Yeah, and I, it's funny you say that because I still see when I'm like reading about Raiders news, it says like Las Vegas. And just that, it's just like, wait a minute, there's, they're not in Oakland anymore? Like the, the Oakland Raiders are such an iconic team. It's weird. See yeah. him in Vegas. Um, <clears throat> but we spoke a lot about this guy. I'll make it quick. I'm going to take Jerry Judy for the Raiders. Um, you know, they thought they had their number one receiver of the future last year when they signed Antonio Brown, or they, they traded for Antonio Brown. Obviously, that didn't work out. They kind of got forced into having Tyrell Williams as their number one receiver last year. I like Tyrell Williams. I think he's a good number two receiver. Mm-hmm guy who can be on the outside um, and he's fast and, and big enough to make plays but you need to have another guy with him and I think it's a great fit Jerry Judy to the Raiders because you have Tyrell who can line up out wide and they'll have the ability to put Judy in the slot and where he's more comfortable and kind of move him around a little bit but you definitely need to give uh, Marcus Mariota more weapons uh, on the offense because he will be taking over for Derek Carr sooner rather than later and 
the Raiders spent a lot of draft capital last year on the defensive side of the ball with their multiple first round picks. So now it's time to focus on the offense. They also they you know they picked Josh Jacobs, who's a great running back. Seems like he's a going to be a legitimate guy for a while. Uh, need some more weapons in the pass game though after whatever everything that happened with Antonio Brown. So Jerry Judy to Las Vegas. I like it. I like that pick. Uh, <coughs> Uh, yeah, okay. I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna. Well, I think these top three receivers are gonna. Once one gets picked, I think you're gonna see a little run on them. But yeah, all right, sure. sucks that Judy has to play with Carr and Mariota. I mean, <laughs> compared to a guy like Brandon Cooks, who we've talked about recently, who got to play <laughs> with Drew Brees, then Tom Brady, then Jared Goff during his best year, and now Deshaun Watson. This guy's yeah. first two quarterbacks are Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, remember, well, definitely remember. not the cream of the crop there. <laughs> um, well, G- Judy, I think Judy can make it work there with Mariota. I don't know who this Derek Carr is that you speak of, but <laughs> I like. Well, I like when's Judy. Matt just going to come right out and say that? Uh, he loves Marcus Mariota. <laughs> Listen, I came he's around been, on him. He's been. You've been hinting at it for a while now. You just got to come right out and buy in, I think. I agree. Listen, I'm all in with Mariota. You want me to say it? I'll say it. I'm pissed the Chargers didn't sign him. I don't know why he would go and be a backup. Probably because he knows that he'll be starting because Derek Carr sucks. But he's better than Derek Carr. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. That's <laughs> still not guaranteed. It's not, uh, not anything to write home about. No, that's um, for sure. That's that. That's not, not saying much. Absolutely. So, are we ready for the next pick? I'm ready. All right. Next up, we have defending NFC champions by way of the Indianapolis Colts, San Francisco Forty Nine is that they traded. What's his name for? DeForest Buckner. DeForest Buckner, right. Who are they taking with this? A lot of people think the 49ers are in the wide receiver market, which they are. Um, And I was just talking about, you know, once I think one of these top receivers goes, there's going to be a little run. However, I will not be selecting Henry Ruggs for the 49ers. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan and uh, who's the name? Lynch? John Lynch? Is that the GM? Yes. Yes. Yeah. They they know <clears throat> that Kyle Shanahan can run this offense. They know they're going to get production out of it. So, with an aging cornerback, Richard Sherman, on one side, um, I have the 49ers adding C.J. Henderson out of Florida. He is mm. uh, pr- probably the second-best cornerback prospect in the draft. Uh, he's long. He's physical. Um, and... With that defense, boss. what? Yeah, he's a boss. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what's it called? Like I said, I don't think that offense is going to have a problem running. They have Debo Samuel at receiver. He's going to get better, you know. Um, you put another stud cornerback on that already stout defense, and all of a sudden, no one like no one can do anything on you. I mean, look at the great defenses of the past. Uh, like 10 years. You got the Broncos who had 
uh, Talib and did they have Chris Harris at the time? Um, with I don't Talib? think so. Yeah, they had Talib and someone else, like another stud, and then they also had Von Miller and and everyone else on their D line. Then you have the <clears throat> the Seahawks who have Chris Harris Rich, has been there for a while. Yeah. Yeah, he has. That's what I'm saying. He might have been there. Then you had the Seahawks, who had Sherman really? himself, and um, you know, so. Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, and who was the other yeah, boss? Legion of, Legion of Boom. Uh, Browner, Brandon, Brandon Browner. Browner. Yeah. So you add boss. a stud secondary and some yeah. lockdown corners to a absolutely elite pass rushing defensive line, and we've seen in the past that <laughs> that can win you a Super Bowl. So I think the 49ers... against the greatest offenses of all time. Yeah, literally the greatest of on, off, eh, the greatest offense of all time got absolutely <laughs> bitched <laughs> by one of the best defenses in the past decade. So I think the 49ers here, like I said, I think they believe they're going to be able to move the ball and score some points when they have to. But I think when it gets to you know, the Super Bowl, when you got Patty Mahomes coming out of the AFC, you need to worry about you know, s- scoring your own points, you got to worry about stopping him. And I think that's the best route. I mean, I'm not saying they're picking this guy to stop one team, but I just think when you're in this position to pick a, a player like that and, you know, you'd, I don't think they have that much of a needed receiver. They seem to be able to get production out of, you know, the most random of names <laughs> out there. You just throw someone in there. Samuel. Yeah, I mean, he was he was a rookie, though. Yeah, right. no, he's good. But I'm just saying. But yeah, I have them picking Henderson. Alex, you love Debo. Of course I love Debo. He was he was mad good the whole season. Guy, I don't want to get into a whole conversation about Debo Samuel here, but guy can <laughs> run the ball, guy can catch the ball. He can they play also the slot, have, he can play the outside. They also have Raheem Mostert. You like that pick, Matt? You're obsessed with him. <laughs> yeah, I almost took a, I almost took him for the Raiders. CJ. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he's definitely the number the number two corner behind Okuda. Big, yeah. like physical cornerback who can who can tackle, which is important. And he, you don't All need right. to be like. I think he's going to be a good. Obviously, you want him to be good in coverage, but you don't need to be Darrell Revis in '09 with that D line. You just need That's to true. hold it, you know. That's yeah. <laughs> true. All right. Next up, we have Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who are they taking to support Tom Brady? Um, yeah, ideally, I think that they would look to probably to go the other side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, I have them. I'll tell you right now, they're, I have them taking Javon Kinlaw. Defensive lineman from South Carolina. Javon Kinglaw. Kinglaw. Yes. He's a big boss. He said himself that he's going to be better than Aaron Donald. So. Okay. Like the confidence we'll, there. We'll see about that. But <laughs> um, I, I Went think. Went to South Carolina too. That's boss for a D lineman. Jadeveon Clowney. Yeah. He's honestly similar to him. They play, they play a similar style. But I think. For Tampa Bay, they would like to. I think that they might trade up, honestly, to to try to get some offensive line help to protect Brady a little bit more. They could probably benefit from having one of those top four offensive linemen if one of them slipping a little bit. 
but with no mocks here, with no trades here in this mock, um, think that they're going to take the best player left on the board, who is Javon Kinlaw. He's a defensive lineman who played inside and outside for South Carolina. A uh, big physical guy can you know do a little bit of everything, stop the run, uh, rush the passer, and they are a similar team to the Redskins where defensive line might not be their biggest need when they have guys like Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett, who finally put it all together, had a great season last year, and they brought back Indomitian Sue. But by putting Kinlaw on the line with the rest of those guys, you're looking at one of the best four, one of the best front fours in the NFL, uh, which, as we've seen from the blueprint that the Niners put together, we've spoken about it a lot tonight already, that can win games for you. And honestly, the Bucks secondary is sneaky good also. They have, they drafted a lot of guys last year um, who produced right away with Jamel Dean and, and Sean Murphy Bunting, which is a funny name, but he's actually a good <laughs> corner. So I think that the Bucks' defense is a little bit ahead of what a lot of people might think, just off the top. Um, I think there's... they were great against the run last year, I believe. Right. Yeah, they did. They had a solid run defense, um, which kind of forced those young secondary guys to get a little more action, and they did well in in that you know in that situation. And I think that they're going to be a really good defense next year. Adding Javon Javon Kinlaw there. Uh, will make them a little bit more scary. And that's my pick. I like it. <clears throat> cool. All right. Moving on. Pick number 15. We got the Denver's Broncos. <laughs> so. Um, Denver Broncos for, for anyone that has no idea what that is. Uh, I'm John Elway at the moment. You look um, like him. I? I think I, I think I have a feeling where this this one's going. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> Justin Herbert. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, Herbert's so. still on the board. He's still on the board. He's sliding. I think someone would trade up for him this point, but there's no trades in the memo mock draft. Um, We're not smart enough to do that. So we have Drew Lock going into his second year. Um, Matt's boy. Uh, pretty surprise, surprise rookie year. You know, he didn't, he wasn't a stud. He didn't start right away. Um, but he came in and he, he, he showed, yeah, I'm just saying. You would have beat out Joe Flacco, idiot. Okay, whatever. He didn't start right away. He didn't, okay, you know, he came in, player. came in and he played, <laughs> Stop that. played well enough to give some confidence to go into the next year. Um, they already have Cortland Sutton on one side. So now they get, get a lot of rapping on the sidelines. Yes. Uh, now they get. Uh, the most explosive receiver of the top three, and Mr. Henry Ruggs the third. Um, you just wow! I sniped it. <laughs> they couldn't get the second. They had to settle for number three. I, uh, well, third one off the board. <laughs> Whatever. That's they point. add, um, you know, a lot of people compare him to a Tyree Kill. I'm not going to say he'll be that effective right off the bat, but he's speedy. He has really good hands. Uh, he's more than just that, too. He's not just uh, run straight down the field. You know, he can run routes. He can get physical, catch the ball in traffic. Um, you can put him all over in the slot on the outside, run him on a jet sweep, do anything. You know, giving this weapon to a young quarterback 
especially when you already have another bigger physical receiver on the other side, you can't go wrong. And with, you know, Judy and Lamb off the board, I think it's a no-brainer here unless they want to go defense or someone. There's no really O-line at this point that I would be comfortable taking. So I take the easy pick, Henry Ruggs, and I set Drew Locke up uh, to succeed. Listen, Drew Locke will succeed in whatever system you put him in. Um, (laughs) But definitely um, having a guy like Ruggs will help him out. I think the Broncos won the offseason. I think they had one of the best offseasons out of any team so far. They did a lot to help the defensive side of the ball, bringing in um, Jarrell Casey for the center of the defensive line, who's been doing you know good things for a while in Tennessee. And they signed Melvin Gordon uh, for to help out. Wow, I forgot about that. <laughs> they helped out Drew Locke there too. Gordon and Lindsey are going to be a really good one-two punch. Um, and basically all you need is Cortland Sutton to have somebody else with him on on the uh, on the outside to uh, – maximize his game so i think that he's a henry ruggs is a great compliment to what sutton does already yeah and i mean if you they wanted to go chase on maybe get like another edge rusher you know von miller's getting up there but they do have chubb coming back uh bradley chubb who tore his acl last year right mm-hmm. um so i don't think they're really trying to set themselves up for life post von miller uh, at this point, uh, I think they help their young quarterback. They go with Henry Rutt. Rutt. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like Cortland Sutton a lot. Um, but I, I know the Broncos have been in the market for a wide receiver. And apparently Henry Ruggs is the fastest player to ever play football. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that sounds like a... What I, re- add here yeah, what I like about him a lot is that he he doesn't drop the ball really. That's a good good sign. It's always good for receivers to not <laughs> drop the ball. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Even in traffic, you know, like he's not a he's not a bitch. He'll get the ball. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. We're about halfway through here with the sixteenth pick. We got the Atlanta Falcons. Sure. So Atlanta, they're an interesting team here. Difficult. We're at the point of the draft where a lot of these teams picking in the mid, mid, middle of the round, um, I think will go more so best player available, um, kind of filling out their roster. Uh, they're not necessarily the worst teams in the league, at, at least for the Falcons' sake. They seem to be a team where every year you just don't know what to expect. If they have high expectations, they'll probably disappoint. If they're flying under the radar, they are probably are going to win a couple games that they shouldn't win. Um, so it's tough to figure out where they're going to go here. But I will take who I think is the best player left on the board here. Um, for Also fits a need, a team that needs a bit of a pass rush. Uh, they picked a couple guys in the past couple drafts that didn't really work out to rush the passer. So for Vic the Falcons... Beasley. Yeah, Vic Beasley and Tack McKinley, they, I mean, neither one of them really showed much promise. They don't expect him to be there for much longer. But I'm Vic gonna Beasley's have the, not even on the team. Who? Vic Beasley's not even on the team. He left? Yeah, he's on a different team. Um, really? I forgot where he went. You keep talking, I'll find it. So I have the Falcons taking um, 
AJ Epinesa. Ooh, I thought you were going to say Chase on, baby. Listen, I think for the Falcons, I think Epinesa is a better fit. Uh, he's on the Titans, Beasley. Sorry. Wow, did not know that. Okay, so. I didn't know that either. Yes, yes. they definitely have a And they signed Dante Fowler, the, the Falcons. Falcons did, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, I think um, AJ Epinesa is a good fit for what they're trying to do scheme-wise. Um, Fowler is he's a bigger pass rusher. He, he's definitely um, <clears throat> similar to Epinesa in the fact that they're both, like, really powerful physical guys. Fowler actually has put together a little bit. He, he's kind of, like, rediscovered himself after a bad first year and a half, maybe. Yeah, you know, he, was, he tore his ACL, you know, right before his rookie year, so he didn't even play. He was also on the Jaguars, so that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you leave Jacksonville, you just get better. Yeah, he's but, been solid, you know. He hasn't been living up to maybe the third overall pick yet, mm-hmm. but he's still, he's not lost. He can right. he gets sacks. So I think I think Epinesa will be a good person to pair up with, with Fowler, mainly because, I shouldn't say that, Epinesa, at least he he's, Going into last season, he was projected as like a top five pick. He was at the top of everyone's draft board as a big, like he's six five physical pass rusher who's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's like very strong um, and able to like disrupt an entire offensive line with a with just a powerful rush straight forward up the middle. Like not the best like, finesse kind of guy. Won't like use his hands very well to, like, swim around people. But he's just powerful and physical enough to just blow up the the plan or, or the, the offensive design, like, mm-hmm. right away. So I think that that's important for the Falcons, who have tried to go the speedy route. If, you know, you think of a guy like Chase on his way, like, more of a speedy pass rusher. But they tried that with Tack McKinley and Vic Beasley. Haven't had much success. So I know it's kind of... You don't want to base your picks off of previous failures. But I think it'd be good for them to go in a different direction and get a guy who might fit what they do a little bit better. They have Brady Jarrett on the interior of the defensive line, who is that kind of guy, like a physical, explosive interior lineman. So I'd put Epinesa on the outside and let him just do his thing and, and wreak havoc outside to combine with Garrett on the interior. And... <clears throat> What I was saying about Epinesa being at like the top of draft boards, I think he's falling now a little bit too much because of a bad combine. And we've talked about this, the three of us, the combine is whatever. Like They don't put that much stock in the combine. I think it's overvalued. So I think that Epinesa will fall a little bit because of poor combine numbers. But he's not the kind of guy who's going to test well in that kind of like speed and agility, those type of drills. But he's just a guy who can play football and, and be a, a good pass rusher. Yeah. I mean, I was surprised you took him, but I've I've always liked him. Yeah, he's it's definitely interesting. I don't more, know where he's going to go. Yeah, it's, he could go anywhere from there to end of the first round or who knows. But he's definitely bigger and more physical than than Chase yeah. on, which is definitely a concern of mine with, with Chase on. Um, kind of reminds me of that besides they went to the same school. Uh, Barkevius Mingo, mm. 
that like Amazing. skinny athletic who you know he didn't really put up the numbers in college but he showed the explosiveness and athleticism is it just you know showing off in college amongst the boys or is it real <laughs> we'll see so uh yeah aj and uh epinesa i always want to say like espinenza but yeah. like there's no es- espinosa my friend <laughs> from school his name is aj espinosa it's very so similar. He, they're going to call him <laughs> by accident. Yeah. All right. Ooh. All right. Picking AJ for... Epinesa to the Falcons. Next we have the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, yes. Now, the Cowboys could also be in the market for an edge rusher, but I do not like chase on uh, as a fit in their defense uh, they run more of a 4-3 and I know it's kind of you know more liquid now the way teams run their defense but um, I don't like them picking chase on here to go across from Demarcus Lawrence um, they have a need at corner they just lost their best corner Byron Jones but on the board at the moment uh, not any I mean Christian Fulton I like him but the Cowboys have been looking to poach Mr. Adams from the Jets, Mr. Jamal Adams. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fulfill their need at safety. <laughs> tell them to shut the fuck up, and uh, they're gonna they're gonna take out of Alabama, Mr. Xavier McKinney. I love this guy. Who is our first safety off the board? Um, I'll be honest. At the moment, I don't have too much of a scouting report on him. Matt, you said you love him. If you wanna love him. Give us a little rundown. I know a little bit about him, but I mean, like, I just don't. I don't want to <laughs> sound like an idiot. No, he's more. I mean, listen, he's similar to like you mentioned with Jamal Adams, just kind of like a physical, strong safety kind of guy who can step up in the box and defend against the run. But he's also good in coverage. Where if you have to leave him as your last line of defense, like he is good enough to get sideline to sideline and break up plays. But I mean, yeah, he's he's just like do it all kind of safety. Who can he's big enough to plug into different holes on defense. Yeah, I like him. And he, he remind you of Derwin James. <laughs> I mean, listen, I don't want to give him that kind of comparison right away. I think Jamal Adams is a fair one, but it takes another level to get to to where Derwin's at. <laughs> yeah, to get to scrub <laughs> to get to scrub level, you really got to fall off the map. <laughs> Safeties are the biggest bosses in the NFL. Yeah, if you're a stud safety, yeah, they really are. There's <laughs> just nothing cooler than being a stud safety. But yeah, I like I like right. that for the Cowboys. Get a ball hawk, not a ball, you know, just a, a guy roaming back there. Get some ed, edge on that defense, some Alabama edge. Yeah, he's more of a, he's physical too. Like he. Yeah, I didn't mean to say ball around. hawk. I meant like more just like. <laughs> Roaming around he's plug and play all over now. the field. Yeah, he's plug and play. <laughs> um, you need a quarterback. Headhunter. <laughs> if Dak goes down, plug and play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Tyron Smith <laughs> goes right. down. Don't worry, everyone. I'll I'll judge these guys when they get to the NFL. <laughs> all right. Um, let me just say um, this real quick. Uh, we're gonna split this into two parts. We're gonna do one episode picks one to seventeen. Uh, we're about to do. Uh, wait, we just picked seventeen, didn't we? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we meant to do one to sixteen, and then you know, 
17 to 32, but we're idiots. So uh, <laughs> one, one to 17 for the first episode. Uh, tune into the next episode, which will be 18 to 32, the rest of the draft. And um, yeah, thanks for listening to the first half.